Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Solo Founder Podcast. My name is Darian, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about managing your time and priorities as a solo founder. And the reason I wanted to make this episode is because this is something that I struggle with personally as a solo founder, and I've talked to dozens and dozens of other entrepreneurs, solo founders, startuppreneurs who have all resonated with that same experience. And I know how hard it can be with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship to really manage and execute on the things that you know you need to do and get done but also taking care of yourself and investing in your personal hobbies and personal goals and keeping yourself in a good, positive mental headspace. So in this episode, I want to dedicate this to really talking about some of the things that I did that I found helpful as a solo founder, and then also the things that I incorporate today in both my career and also in my businesses that I run today that still help me sort of maintain some sort of balance between those things. So I think one of the first important things to bring up is the way that you go about prioritizing your to-dos. And so, you know, for me, I used to have a really interesting, unstructured way of doing this where I would just make a to-do list, basically, of all the things I knew I needed to get done. But the problem was that I wouldn't have any sort of deadlines or time boxing on any of the tasks. And so, of course, it's different for anybody, you know, depending on your personality style and, and how you work. But for me, what I found was that I would procrastinate the things on my to-do list. So even though they were there and I would have them either in my phone or in a virtual document, or I would have them somewhere. The problem was that, again, I wasn't ever really giving myself a, a deadline to do those things. And so therefore I would end up just pushing it all off or until the absolute last minute, essentially. And then I would find myself getting stressed out or feeling overwhelmed because all the things I know I needed to do have now like piled up and they feel like they're just sitting on top of me. And I hated that feeling. And so I knew I had to find a better way of not only just listing out all the things I needed to do, but also coming up with a better prioritization method of when and how I was going to get those things done. So one of the first ways that I did this and sometimes I still do it today, was what I call energy to-do list. (laughs) And it's still a to-do list, obviously, but what I like about this is you start to break down or perform the tasks that pretty much bring you the most fulfillment or bring you the most excitement first. So the things that you personally would prefer to do the most are the things that you actually do do first. And then you push off the things that don't excite you or don't bring you fulfillment until last, if possible. Now, of course, this is something that needs to be catered to each business, each entrepreneur and their deadlines and their goals and what they need to do. I'm not telling you to miss deadlines of certain things because you just don't find enjoyment in doing that thing. But what I found was that using this sort of method allowed me to give myself the permission to basically do the things that I enjoy first. And for whatever reason, that was powerful for me because I might enjoy certain things a lot more than others. Honestly, like maybe if it boils down to writing something or creating a video, like creative tasks, those things might be a lot more fun for me or enjoyable, I should say, than maybe like administrative stuff like number crunching or, you know, doing something in Excel or something along those lines, accounting type stuff. So again, just depending on what your tasks are, that was one method, the energy to-do list is what I'm calling it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just performing the task on your to-do list based on 
what excites you the most? What what do you have the most the most uh, enthusiasm about doing and doing those things in that order? So still not really giving things a deadline or a timeline because what I always found was that if I put myself on too rigid of a deadline or too rigid of a schedule, that I would almost rebel against my own schedule or my own prioritization. So it might sound weird, but like I said, there just be days depending on my energy and what I'm doing that you know you need to do this thing or the to-do list says you need to do this thing, but for whatever reason, you might not have the energy or you might not feel like doing it. And I know that you know that's what we're here to talk about, right? How to overcome that. But that was just a reality for me that I experienced was that sometimes I would know I need to do certain things, but I just wouldn't have it in me to do it at the time. And so instead, allowing myself to consciously work on the things that I knew I would enjoy first, uh, it reduced that barrier of resistance to kind of get started and initially just start making progress on the thing. And then before you know it, typically you knock it out because you enjoy it or you have enthusiasm about it. And then it's one less thing off your to-do list. So just continuing to go in that order, continue to do thing after thing that you find the most enjoyment or enthusiasm in and just work your way down to the lesser exciting things, if you will. <clears throat> so that's one method. Another one is, you know, pretty simple, nothing revolutionary here, but agile or doing some sort of scrum methodology. So this idea is for those that don't already know, but, you know, sprints are a, a common theme in this agile framework where you decide like a fixed period of time that a sprint will last. So it could be a week, it could be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever fits for what you're trying to do, whatever makes the most sense for your business model, for your business goals, whatever you're trying to accomplish, you can set up sprints, you know, whatever length they work for you. And then essentially using a tracking software to help you actually lay out the tasks and the work that need to get done and using that to help you effectively manage all the things, you know, from sprint to sprint. So I think the Agile framework is just a great way to ensure that the tasks at hand are given a definitive deadline or a time period to kind of be done within, but still leaving you the flexibility to get those things done when and how you choose to do it. And then you can also look back over a sprint or two sprints or three sprints and start to get an understanding of like workflow and what worked well in one sprint versus what didn't another, or maybe you brought in too much work in a given sprint and you want to lighten up sprints going forward or vice versa. You realize that you didn't bring enough work into a sprint. You could have gotten more done. So it's a really nice, flexible framework that you can bring work into. If you happen to knock out all the work in a given sprint, you can always have work kind of pre-planned, uh, which is typically called a backlog, but you could bring that work in to a sprint. And again, you could do this with just yourself. You don't really need an entire team to do an agile framework. If this is something that really helps you, you know, between using your calendar apps or maybe some apps like the ones we just described for actual, you know, sort of agile and scrum management, that in itself can be a, a toolkit to help you really prioritize more effectively. So I think that kind of summarizes the first point, which is really just focusing on how you prioritize things and your prioritization techniques. So the next thing as a solo founder that I find incredibly important for time management and prioritization is building productive habits. 
So productivity is the key to all of this, as we know, not only just as a founder or solo founder, but pretty much in everything, personal development, our life and careers, relationships with other people, productive habits are just good foundational things to have and to build upon so that we're constantly improving, right? And we're constantly getting better or more informed about whatever the thing is that we're trying to do or get better at. So I think there's a couple of things that you know, you can always kind of focus on to help get better with this entire process of like setting goals and prioritizing and time management. And so one of those what you're doing right now is consuming educative content. So listening to other creators, other solo founders, people who are doing what you're doing and having success in it and listening to their struggles, to their accomplishments and how they navigate those things and what are their processes? What are their workflows? What things do they share? What tools do they use? You're always finding ways to optimize things and, and learn more than you currently do right now. So consuming educative content is a great productive habit that you can build that will help with this entire process and managing it overall. Another one I would say is writing down ideas because there are so many ideas that might come to your mind that might improve a certain process or it could just be uh, an incredible thing that needs to get prioritized that could be incredibly helpful for moving the business forward it could be a great piece of content or whatever it is that you need to get done or do or create writing down those ideas so that they're fresh and you have again this this backlog or this bank of ideas you can always refer to at any given time even if it's just to refresh your memory or to spark new ideas for new product services or pieces of content, whatever it is for your business, you know, writing down those ideas while they're fresh is an incredibly important, but also very productive habit to start to build on. And this could be something as simple as the notepad in your phone. You don't have to really overcomplicate it. You can have a note taken app, but again, for iPhone or Android users, I'm sure you have a, a note, uh, note taking app on your phone already. And that right there is a perfect place, you know, to begin writing down ideas every day as they come to you. You can start to become more creative and more aware of opportunities or areas where you can make things more efficient just because you're constantly taking in new streams of thought and writing them down to where you can go back and reference them, whether it's like late night before bed or, you know, when your mind is really clear and you really have a chance to focus Having these ideas written somewhere can be incredibly, incredibly helpful. And the other thing I was going to say about productive habits is reading. Like reading specifically is a an incredibly productive habit that can help you, again, consume educative content for sure. But I mean, among a number of other things, right? Like gaining different people's perspectives and learning different ways of presenting ideas or formatting content. There's just a ton of different ways besides the content itself that you're reading that can help you be more effective as an entrepreneur. So, you know, it doesn't have to just be books either. I want to be clear about that. It could be books. It could be newsletters that you subscribe to, like email newsletters. It could be articles that you find online. So there's a ton of different ways to per se, read every day without necessarily having to read a book every day. You can read a book if you want every day. Totally fine. And there's also, you know, things like audiobooks as well, podcasts people like to listen to. So there's other ways besides, I guess, like physically reading books, but 
again, just consuming content that helps you learn and improve on what you're already doing, uh, your your workflows, your processes, all those things. You know, the more content that you consume, productive content, the better chances that you have of just learning new ways to incorporate things into what you're already doing to help you be successful. So building those productive habits is the second tip. The second thing I really want to talk about on this topic. So the next one is one that I'm sure a lot of people resonate with, which is burnout and really just surviving burnout because burnout is incredibly real and it can happen out of nowhere. You can wake up one day and just completely feel uh, drained is the best way I can describe it or just overwhelmed. And, you know, those feelings are never good because it's very hard to kind of re-motivate yourself or re-inspire yourself once you hit the point of burnout. And it's really hard to kind of realign your focus on the things you need to do and just get a grip on everything once it starts to snowball. And so navigating burnout is a super important thing uh, for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business owners, content creators, you name it. And yeah, I just want to talk about a few ways that have helped me kind of dig myself out of the burnout hole in the times that I have, you know, burnt out. So of course, I would just say taking time out for yourself or just putting down the thing that you're doing is actually very, very important. I learned this a lot while I was in coding bootcamp. Also, as a content creator on YouTube versus a content creator in general, I have definitely found it useful just step away, whether it's from the content, from the planning, or from my computer, from the camera, whatever it is, just step away from it all together and just give yourself time to do whatever it is that, again, brings you fulfillment, brings you joy. It could be exercise, it could be hobbies, it could be your social life, spending time with loved ones, it could be going for a walk, being outside, you know, all these things. Inspiration really comes from everywhere. And so you never really know where you'll get inspired from. A lot of people say, you know, their best ideas come in the shower. And I think this is one of those examples where you can be almost too consumed by something and and too wrapped up in it to where you're not really seeing a clear bird's eye view of the thing you're doing. And so if you take a step back and you give yourself time to breathe and think and do other things and be creative in other areas of your life, you know, you can really spark a lot of, you know, new ideas or ideas off of pre-existing ideas just from taking a step back and, and giving yourself a break. So if you're a workaholic, anything like me, I mean, I understand how hard this might be, but you really have to understand going back to our last point about building productive habits that Taking time out for yourself is also a productive habit that you could start to build into your day-to-day, week-to-week workflow. And this could look different for everybody, like I said before, but just allowing yourself the time, though, to step away from whatever you're working on is is super important in being able to manage all your time and priorities effectively. Because if not, you can easily just become way too overwhelmed by all the things that are to get done. There's really just never enough time in a day. So alongside taking time out for yourself, I think setting manageable and realistic goals is also a really helpful strategy in avoiding burnout because 
for me, burnout always came when I felt like I didn't see the end goal in what I was doing. You know, every time you hit a goal, for example, with me hitting a thousand subscribers on YouTube was a very big goal of mine. And I was incredibly motivated the closer I got to that goal to continue putting the work to get that done. So producing the content and recording and editing and planning and uploading and engaging with commenters and just everything. I was very invested in reaching that goal, but I found that as soon as I hit that goal, my motivation immediately started to kind of decline a little bit because I didn't really set manageable or realistic goals for myself within a certain period of time. So I never really gave myself time to reflect on anything or I never was really taking uh, time out from myself during that time either. So I was really just going, 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 going. And I was so focused on this, this, this thousand subscriber goal, thousand subscriber goal that I ignored any other potential, you know, victories that I could have had or achievements I, I could have had potentially. And again, I didn't really see what was after, or I didn't really plan for what was to come after the thousand subscriber mark. So I put in all the work. I used that to motivate me to put put in the work initially up front to hit that thousand subscribers. But then I found myself, you know, kind of waning off in motivation energy afterwards because of that same reason. I just didn't really know what I was after, after the thousand subscriber mark. And so making sure you set up manageable, realistic goals, even after those goals, you know, like I think for me, I needed to have more phased out, you know, goals. So it should have been 1,000 and 5,000 and then 10,000. However, I, I would have done it or I should have had some other goals in there besides just the subscriber goals. You know, I should have had other business goals set up so that I wasn't just putting all my time and energy and effort into just achieving this one goal that I set. You know, you can have goals in many different areas of your business and it's very smart to do so. And I think just managing the goals themselves better would have helped me really avoid that feeling of burnout. So kind of my two tips there on how to avoid burnout. Uh, the next one is something that we've already kind of talked about a little bit, but they're really just like tools and resources for time management. So again, you know, this is going to be different for everybody, but I think having tools that can either send you reminders or make things more efficient or just more easy for you or apps you can have on your phone that link to the web and the desktop. So you are able to pretty much have your, your work with you all the time or be updated of things. You know, if you have, like I said, reminders for things, events, meetings, et cetera, et cetera just really, really nice to have. Um, and it really helps, I think, managing time and priorities a lot better. So for example, uh, Google Calendar is a huge one for me. I use this for all my meetings to set reminders for tons of different things. And then also I have the app on my phone. So whenever I have a meeting coming up, 10 minutes before the meeting, I actually get a notification on my phone so that if I'm out and about, you know, I know I need to get somewhere where it's quiet, pop my AirPods in and take a call. Maybe I forgot that I had a call. So just having that reminder on my phone is really nice, actually. Um, there's been a lot of times that I've been either laser focused on some work and then I hear that reminder come up on my phone or on my computer because I have the Chrome extension on my computer, too. And it's just really nice because, you know, you can get really lost in deep work or just focused in Again, just forget that maybe a meeting is coming up or a reminder that you said is coming up. 
So Google Calendar is really helpful for me with that. Again, it doesn't have to be Google Calendar. It could be any other calendar app. It could be the reminders and notes app on your phone. So again, you know, feel free to take this with a grain of salt. Do what works best for you. These are just my kind of suggestions based on things that I, I currently or previously have done. You know, Notion is a, a big one for me. I use Notion for a lot of ideation and planning and collaborating on documents sometimes. And I use Notion in conjunction with Google Drive as well, too, for some different things like making slides or if I need to, you know, do Excel sheets or whatever it is. You know, Drive is just super easy to share with other people, manage permissions and things like that, and easily create like slideshows and, uh, you know, all the other documents and all the other applications that come with Google Drive. And again, having some of those apps on your phone are incredibly helpful. So like for me, I also have the My Drive app or the Google Drive app on my phone. So not that I do a ton with it, but if I ever, you know, get an email where somebody has edited something that I was working on or collaborating with them on, I need to read it. Having the app just makes it easier on your phone. So you can, you know, immediately look at it, you know, read comments, proof changes and whatnot, whatever your workflow is. It's just nice having, like I said, um, the mobile accessibility, but also the ability to just have it stored online somewhere where you can collaborate easily with other people and your work is saved automatically, which is really nice. So like I said, there's tons of different tools and software. These are just a few Google Drive, Google Calendar, Notion. You know, we named a lot of them before, but there's a ton. It could be Airtable. You could use Slack. I mean, there's a trillion different apps that you can use for project management, you know, productivity apps. But again, I just, you know, you don't have to overcomplicate this. And you also don't have to pay for these applications either. But, you know, incorporating apps, they work for you and tie well into your workflow, I think is the most important part because a lot of people, I think, try to go with the industry trends or the latest software that they hear about. You know, right now, it could be like the latest AI tools that help you do all these things. But at the end of the day, it's most important that the tools work effectively for you and they tie well into your workflow and that you're not increasing overhead and paying for subscriptions that you ultimately don't really use. So I would recommend finding apps, tools, resources that really help you manage your time, really help you manage your productivity a lot better and find a way to make them work really, really well for you throughout the week or weeks. And I think having those will definitely help you with managing your time and priorities as a solo founder. So the last thing I have on this topic, we kind of already touched on which is really just continuous learning, continual improvement, personal development. You know, this could be in the form, like we said before, of, you know, books, podcasts, audiobooks, but it could also be in the form of courses. It could be reading blog posts from other people, newsletters from other people, articles, so many different ways to learn, you know, in person, being curious and learning from other people's experiences. There's just so many ways to continue to develop as a solopreneur, as an individual, as a content creator, as a business owner. And just, I highly recommend continuing to seek out ways to continue growing in those areas. And, you know, with that, we'll all find hopefully better ways of getting more efficient more productive and just better with managing our time. Because I would argue that it's always something that we as business owners are looking to improve and get better at. So that is all for today, y'all, on this topic. I hope you enjoyed. 
Again, this is Darian with the Solo Founder Podcast. I'll catch you in the next episode.